Welcome to episode 38 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. This week, we talked to former Eastern Illinois baseball player Rick Royer. Talks about his time playing for the Panthers, following in the footsteps of his older brother, how he got hooked on competing in triathlons, and his new passion to compete in ultramarathons. Like this episode of EIU Panthers podcast? Then be sure to like and follow us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or iHeartRadio Podcast and start enjoying today. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. This week's in EIU Athletics news, the fall sports that played their season this spring continue to wind down as do some of the traditional winter and spring sports, with swimming and women's golf heading off to their respective conference championships. The heart of the season is here for EIU baseball, softball, and track, as all continue to work towards the postseason, which takes place in May. To stay up to date on all the news, scores, schedules, and much more for EIU athletics, be sure to visit us online at our official athletic website, eiupanthers.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former EIU baseball player Rick Royer. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by a a former EIU baseball player turned runner or athlete. We'll, We'll get into that here as we go. But Rick Royer is our guest today on this week's edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We do appreciate you joining us, Rick. Sure. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for having me. Well, um, we'll, we'll get into a few things, but since we're, we're, we're in baseball season right now and, and baseball is, is kind of what you were known for here, Rick played in, in the early 1990s here at Eastern, played for, for Coach Dan Callahan, but a, a Charleston native. So I guess for you, Rick, what was it like to, to not have to go very far to, to play college baseball? Was that something maybe was a dream growing up or um, that it actually just ended up being that was the best fit for you when you were looking at colleges? Well, it was it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, my, my, my older brother played at Eastern as well. So, um, you know, I, I, thoughts were to play there, yes. Um, you know, I did have other opportunities um, to play at, at other universities as well. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the main factor, to be quite honest, was uh, stay close to home, um, allow my, my father and my mother to be able to come and watch me play on a routine basis. So that was really the decision maker there. Okay. And so you, you do that and uh, you, you mentioned there, so we'll go ahead and we'll jump into that subject. You mentioned your older brother did play there for, for those that will know the last name. When I, when I give the first name, they'll, they'll know that as well. Stan Royer is your older brother. And um, by doing the math here, it looks like about six to seven years older. So I, um, if, I, if I'm right on that, so I'm guessing you guys never, other than maybe when you were in the backyard, never probably got to play competitively together. That is that is true. Um, every time that uh, I was coming into, like when I was coming into high school, he had he was going out of high school. So yeah, I was always uh, a year behind of, of the opportunity to be in the in the same space he was. So yeah, I was more competitive competitive in the backyard. Now for that, I mean, Stan of course had a, had a very celebrated career, ended up being a, a draft pick out, out of Eastern. And did did you feel that as the younger brother, and, and sometimes I think younger siblings feel this way that maybe there was 
added pressure for you when you then decided to follow him? Of course, you would have followed him in high school, but then you decided to follow him where he had had some success in college. Yeah, there, there's always that, I think, with younger siblings. Um, and, and I think the difference between uh, my brother and myself was, um, you know, he was more of a power player. Um, I was not a power player. Um, so, you know, it, it was one of those when I came to Eastern, I was a, uh, I was a middle infielder in, in high school. And when I came to Eastern, um, Coach Cal, you know, he spoke to me and he said, well, you know, you're going to be playing third base. And I was like, okay. And I said, <laughs> they really played third base before. Um, so yeah, my freshman year, I came in and, uh, and started off at third base and, uh, you know, um, that's, that's kind of where they stuck me. And I, I think it was, you know, there were older guys ahead of me, um, that were in, in the middle infield. So that was, that was an opening that, uh, you know, that they had. And, and of course I wanted to take advantage and play my freshman year and, and, uh, you know, I just stayed there. Um, one year I did go to, uh, uh, we had a transfer, uh, one of my friends, Tad Smith, uh, he had transferred from Clemson. He was a third baseman. So Cal had asked me um, going into that year, he said, hey, we got a transfer coming in from uh, from Clemson. He's a third baseman. I'm like, OK, you know, game on. Yep. And he goes, I would like to move you over to second base and have you play second base this year. And I said, OK. Um, so, you know, I did spend one season uh, my junior year um, at, uh, at, at second base. And then um, and then he moved me back to third base my my senior year. Now, when you, you talk about that, you, you, you talk about you had the opportunity, they moved you in there at third base. And a lot of times as a freshman, you'll get in there and if things don't go your, your way, you may not get back in there for a while. I'm going to guess that everything kind of went your way. You, you played nearly 200 games during your, your college career. And over the course of you divide, you know, four years by, by four or 200 games by four, that's about 50 games a year, which is pretty darn close to probably playing in about every game during your career. I did. I did. My freshman year, um, I had some arm trouble, um, started to struggle a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I, I sat quite a few games um, my freshman year due to that um, and then kind of worked my way back into the lineup again towards the end of the year. So, yeah, I did. I, I played all four years and, and, and played mostly every game. Now, you, you mentioned this, that, that your brother was kind of more of the, the power hitter, of course, staying in the, the top 10 at, at EIU and in, in career home runs and RBIs. But your name is on the record book as well, and you, you alluded to it a little bit that your game offensively was a little bit more based on speed. You're in the, the career top 10 for doubles and triples. So what was maybe your approach when you went went up to the plate knowing that you weren't the home run hitter? Yeah, it was, it was exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I would say if anybody that played with me or knows me knew that I was a gap-to-gap hitter. Um, I like to use the gaps and use the alleys and, uh, you know, um, speed was there. Um, I will not, you know, I will be very honest and say I wasn't the fastest guy, um, but had enough speed that if I got it into the gap, uh, you know, um, doubles and triples were kind of my thing. Okay. And then you, you mentioned your, well, of course, we know your brother ended up playing professionally at the major league level. Professional baseball, not necessarily in, in the cards for you. Is that something that you kind of felt like you, you didn't get that opportunity or were, were you one of these people that, and maybe this is something you look at now as you you can look back on it that, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy with what I was able to accomplish as just a collegiate player. Yeah. I, you know, you always look back. Um, I mean, it's, it's every player that goes to college is to get to the next level and play professionally. Um, you know, it, when you look back at things um, I, I, you know, I've spoken to some of my ex teammates over the course of the years and um 
you know, I, I was, I was being scouted, um, professionally. Um, and I just, you know, I think that at that time you, you get to a point where, you know, you, you think you're good enough, you know, you're good enough. Um, but I just didn't put in the work, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I really put the extra work in. And by the time it came my junior and senior year, you know, it was, it was, you get to practice, you practice, there was no extra work put in. And in hindsight, you look back and say, you know, I, I know, um, when I went and competed in summer leagues, you know, I, I competed in some really good leagues and, um, I was usually in the top three of hitting every, every season, um, in those leagues and, and, and performed very well. And, you know, to me, it was, I just didn't put in the work that other guys were putting in that got to go to that next level. Now, and, and instead of that, you, you decided to use some of your, your other attributes. And this is one of the things that, that kind of intrigued me here. And I, I guess I don't see this a lot from, from, from baseball people. And I guess maybe the misnomer sometimes is that sometimes baseball players are not necessarily athletes. Um, and because I think it's maybe sometimes it's the slow pace of the game, but I, I think the same thing can be said of golfers sometimes, but if you, if anybody's played golf, you, you realize there is some athletics, athleticism and skill to the game. You kind of got into becoming a, a triathlete and doing some of the Ironman. Where did that come along that, that you got interested in that? Because that would seem about the farthest thing for me for a baseball guy. <laughs> well, and, and anybody that played with me, uh, you know, when, when they hear that, they laugh. Um, and the reason being is every year when we would come back from winter break, um, we had to run a two mile um, and we had to run it for a specific, uh, under a specific time, or you had to run it again every day. Um, not one year did I, did I finish that race um, or, or that two mile run on time. Um, and actually my senior year, I missed the first week and a half of practice because I couldn't get the time down. And uh, so when those guys, you know, when I got together with some of my teammates a couple of years ago, they're like, I can't believe that you run. And I'm like, well, you know, um, I trained and did that stuff. I just wasn't the fastest. Um, and and I, I really got into triathlon um, with one of my coworkers. Um, I think it was back in 2008. He said, oh, I'm training for the Chicago Marathon. I'm like, well, why would anybody ever want to run 26.2 miles? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm, I'm running a local 5K. He goes, why don't you run with me? I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, I ran like three or four times um, and thought it's three miles. How hard can that be? Um, and I was probably the second or third from the last of finishing the race. It was horrible. Um, and uh, he goes, well, you finished. And I said, yeah, I felt, I felt good. And, um, you know, from there he said, Hey, there's this, there's a triathlon, a, a small triathlon. Why don't, why don't we go do that? And I'm like, well, I know how to run a bike, ride a bike. I know how to run. Um, I can, I can fake a swim. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. Just doing a, a little sprint triathlon. And then, you know, we finished that. And then he's like, well, let's do a half, uh, you know, a, a Olympic size. So, you know, we stepped up to the Olympics distance and then from there he goes, okay, well, next year we're going to do a half Ironman. So we did a couple half Ironmans and, and from there I said, you know what, I'm just going to do a full Ironman. Um, and that, that's kind of the progression of how I got into it. Uh, within uh, two years after doing my first um, small little sprint race, I, I competed in a, in an Ironman. Oh, wow. And then for that, I mean, I guess the, there's the three components of that, the, the running, the, the swimming and, and the biking. Which of those three do you feel, and maybe it's hard to tell, but maybe or maybe the most grueling or the hardest to kind of prepare for? To me, it was a swim. Um, Self-taught at 38 years old. Um, 
So, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that background. I would say that a majority of people that get into triathlon are ex runners um, or ex swimmers. Um, and for me, it was kind of backwards. You know, I had no idea what I was doing when I, when I started swimming and it was super tough. Um, especially when you're, you know, you're, you're swimming two miles. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a long grueling thing. So, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into learning how to swim just so I would survive. Um, and then, and then the bike was my big thing. I mean, anybody that ever trained with me or my training partners, you know, they're like, you, you can cycle, you know, you're really, really good at that. And then, you know, and then just through the training, the running, the running came and, and I became a little bit faster runner as well. Now you, you would think, and I, and I don't know this hundred percent for sure, but that you get to go to some exotic places to kind of compete in, in those types of events. Are there maybe one or two of those that you, what you got to go somewhere because you were going there for an Ironman, that it would have been a place that maybe you would have never gone on your own. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the, the biggest one would be, it was my first Ironman. Uh, we did it in Arizona. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, um, my wife is, is, you know, she's, she's a runner herself and, you know, we went out there and when we, when we got done, I said, I want to move here. You know, Arizona is, is, it's beautiful. And she's like, no, you know, I, I do not like it here at all. She <laughs> goes, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't care if we ever go back. So, um, to me, that was, that was probably the most, the most fun and enjoyable race was, was going to Arizona. And I'm guessing your, your wife won that battle. Cause I do not think you live in Arizona right now. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do not. No, we're still in the Chicago land area. Okay. And then for, for those you, we talked about before we jumped on the call here and you, you said you kind of have tailored off some of the, the Ironman right now. And, and part of that is based on where you are, you know, in your, your personal life, you've got a couple of young boys that are, that are now following in you and your brother's footsteps playing baseball and, for anybody that, that knows baseball, they know that becomes all consuming, not only for the kids, but also for the parents. It, it does. Um, you know, typically from June until August, uh, we're traveling every week. Um, you know, we're this year we're going to, we're going to Indianapolis a few times. We're going to Kansas city. We're going to Iowa, um, going out to, uh, we're going out to the Atlanta area. Um, and then tons and tons of tournaments in, in, uh, in Wisconsin as well. So yeah, we're, we're busy nonstop. And then, but one of the things you, you did say that, that you kind of maybe turned your focus to, and I don't know if this was maybe intentional or based on what your time constraints have become with, with your, your kids baseball schedules, but ultra marathons. And I guess for those that aren't aware of those, maybe explain a little bit about what an ultra marathon is. Yeah. So, um, so ultra marathons are anything that's over a regular marathon. Um, a 50 K is typically the, the beginning or, or the lowest end of a, uh, of an ultra marathon. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's 31 miles, um, 31, 32 miles. Um, and then from there you step up into hundred K, which is 62 miles. And then, um, the really beast, um, those individuals do hundred mile races. Oh, wow. And are, so is there one of those you have kind of, you gave your progression of how you kind of got to the Ironman. Do you have a a, a path to get to one of those ultra marathons and one you maybe have a have circled on a calendar that that's kind of your target to work towards. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, on my 50th birthday last year, um, the plan was to run a hundred K, um, for my, for my 50th birthday. Um, and because of COVID, you know, things got shut down and, and then I was traveling a lot with, with my older son for baseball. So it was really hard to get in 
long runs. You know, I think my longest run was supposed to be 37 miles and we were in Kansas city at the time for three or four days. And I just kind of blew that, that run off. Um, and I told my wife, I'm like, you know, even though I wanted to do this, um, I think I'm going to have to pass. So what I did on my 50th birthday, um, instead was I did something called the Yeti challenge. Um, and what that is, is it's a, it's a 50 K, um, and what you do is uh, it's, it's a 24-hour challenge. So every four hours for 24 hours, you have to run five miles. Um, and you do that. So you run five miles when you're done. Four hours later, you run another five miles. And then the last the last uh, leg, I ended up doing six miles to make sure that I got a 50K in. Oh, wow. It sounds uh, like that would make you want to sleep for several days after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny because... Uh, I did it on a, on a Friday and, uh, and then, um, the next day my wife had a, uh, a surprise birthday party for me. So, <laughs> wow. um, you know, all the people are showing up at our house and that was the day I was going to rest. And, uh, I didn't really get to rest very much. Now for you, we've, we've talked about some of the hobbies away from there, but baseball, of course, is something you had a passion for and kind of what the opportunity at Eastern to play baseball, of course, gives you the opportunity to get a degree, kind of, I guess, catch people up a little bit on what you do away. We've talked about the, the hobbies you've had in the, in the baseball recollections, but I, I know you do some, some consulting and have worked for a number of, of household name companies that people would be familiar with. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I first got out of college, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I got my degree in recreational administration and just couldn't land a job anywhere. Um, you know, it, competing against students that were graduating when I was that they were doing internships in the summers. And, you know, I went away and played in, in collegiate baseball leagues over the summer. So I had zero experience. I just had my degree and a couple of, um, you know, little internships that I had to do to, to complete the degree. So, um, you know, my dad said, you've got two weeks to find a job. If not, you're going to go to the temp agency and you're going to find a job. Um, I didn't find a job. I ended up going to a temp agency and, and I worked over in Mattoon. Um, for RR Donnelly, I drove a forklift for a few months. Um, and then I got into, um, uh, social services. Um, I was, you know, a social services caseworker for quite a few years, worked in long-term health care as well. Um, and then I just, you know, I kind of landed into, uh, into the recruiting space. Um, so, you know, I worked, uh, worked at an agency and then I ended up running an agency. Um, and then I went to the corporate side. Um, and became a corporate recruiter. And I've been doing that now for what, 15, 20 years. Um, yeah, I worked for Nestle uh, for about five years recently. And now I'm working, uh, working as a consultant for Unilever. Um, so that's kind of where my, my path has taken me. And I would say, you know, to most people that my professional career has really been in, uh, in corporate recruiting. Okay. And then for, I know you talked a little bit about the, the baseball part there. We, we one of the names that I, and I know how, how your name kind of came up on, on my radar here a little bit is David Johnson, who's the pitching coach for the the Reds. He would have been a teammate of yours during there. I guess not to put you on the spot or, or David on the spot, but 30 years ago when you guys are, are playing together, did, did you see that in, in his future? Yeah. So DJ, Derek, Derek Johnson, DJ. I'm sorry, Derek Johnson. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you know, DJ was he was uh, he was a good pitcher. He was one of our top pitchers. Um, you know, great work ethic, great guy. 
um, you know, intentions too of, of, of playing professionally. Um, and, and it was funny because uh, I got a call um, about two weeks ago from the Cincinnati Inquirer and they were doing a, a piece on him for this year. And, um, you know, they, they asked me, they're like, did you ever think that that's where his career path was going to take him? And I said, no, I said, you know, a lot of times when you're in college, I mean, I didn't even know who 99% of the guys on my team, what they were majoring in. We had no idea where they were going to go. Everybody wanted to go play professional. Um, and uh, I was, I was watching the college world series, you know, quite a few years ago, of course. And, um, and uh, Vanderbilt was on and uh, all of a sudden I see, you know, they, they, they said, Oh, a pitching coach, Derek Johnson is coming out to the mound. And I was like, what? And my wife's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, no, that's one of my college teammates. I had no idea that he was even coaching and, and where his career path had taken him. Um, so then I really started to pay attention to him. And then of course, when he was working for the Cubs, I was, I was, you know, some of my old uh, teammates were really keep, keeping track and in touch with him. So um, I've, I've been in touch with him over the past couple of years, um, you know, went up to Milwaukee to try to see him. And unfortunately he couldn't come up after the game. And, uh, and then uh, a couple of years ago, we were in Cincinnati and um, he was going to try to come and see us. But of course, you know, that was during the COVID when COVID had started. And he's like, hey, he goes, man, I, I'm not able to go anywhere. So, um, you know, we've texted each other back and forth here and there. But yeah, he, he, outstanding career for him and, and so happy and proud of him. Um, he's, you know, he's one of the good guys. And then so we'll kind of stay in that same era there when, when you think back and you know, you guys are all kind of in the moment as you're playing. What kind of memories? I know you guys, you'll, you'll get together. Everybody gets together, you know, with their, their high school and their, their college teammates. What are kind of some of the memories that you guys have or, or one of your memorable stories that, that you're allowed to, that you kind of always think back to, hey, that, that's what I remember about my time playing baseball at Eastern. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think it was uh... – one of the biggest ones is, is, which is kind of odd is uh, my freshman year. Um, I think it was my, yeah, it was my freshman year. Um, we were in Florida for our first spring break and, um, and we had a day off. So Cal said, Hey, you guys can go. And my parents were in town. So they're like, Hey, why don't you get, you know, three or four of your buddies together and we'll take you guys over to the beach and let you guys hang out for the day. And, um, you know, it was a cold day. It was windy. So we're walking along the boardwalk in, uh, I think it was in Jacksonville. And, uh, um, one of my buddies, Nelly, he was like, Hey, that's Motley Crue over there. And we're like, what? So, you know, we see these guys sitting in this little bar and, and they're kind of, you know, the, the, the windows are open. So their arms are hanging out. And, uh, and we walked, we walked by him and he goes Motley Crue. And they kind of looked at him and he goes, Oh my gosh, you know, how are you guys doing? And, and uh, we chatted with them for a couple of minutes. And, uh, you know, that was that was probably a big highlight of, of, of seeing somebody famous when we were out on spring break. Um, but, you know, I, I got together, like I said, uh, about three or four years ago with with a bunch of guys here in Chicago. And they were going through all these stories. And, you know, do you remember that? Do you remember this? And I looked at them like, guys, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. I'm like, I don't remember any of these stories. They're like, you don't remember that? And I'm like, no. And then. Um, you know, or you talk to other people that, that, you know, in your life now, and, you know, I've got a few buddies that played in colleges, uh, as well, and we're sharing a bunch of different stories. And, um, you know, anytime somebody asks, I'm like, well, some of the stories that I probably remember are things that I really couldn't 
say out loud to people, yeah. um, you know, because, you know, you get together with a bunch of guys, you get together with 25 guys and there's some pretty rude things that go on. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's always nice to to reminisce about those kind of things. But, uh, you know, as, as far as being able to tell a few stories, um, I would say that I would probably need to hold off because I don't think that they would really be appropriate to no, talk no, about. No, I, I understand. I, I think everybody's <laughs> got a, everybody's got a few of those. So that, that, that there's always the, the proper company and time to, to reminisce the stories. <laughs> now for that, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up here and try to put you on the spot maybe a little bit. I know your, your, your brother played professionally. You guys grew up here in Charleston and, and you live up in the Chicago land area. Have you, have you ever been swayed or I, I guess, uh, a Cubs or Cardinals fan would be the would be the the question, or is this a, a situation where you may need to take the fifth to to not get friends upset? <laughs> no, I, I get that asked all the time when when people find out who my brother is, they're like, "Oh, you must be a Cardinals fan." And I said, "Well, you know, I, I was I was at uh, I think the one in the family that uh, was odd compared to everybody else. I never did anything like everybody else in my family. And um, you know, when I was about seventh or eighth grade, my team was the Mets." Um, so, you know, grew up kind of a Mets fan. Um, I went and watched my brother play a few times when he was in St. Louis and, and one time they were playing the Mets. So I had to watch myself cause I was sitting, you know, with the, the players wives and those kind of things. So when the Mets scored, I was like, yes. And then, you know, but I, but, uh, um, and then when I moved up to Chicago in the, in the late nineties, um, you know, people are like, how can you not be a Cubs fan or be a Sox fan? And, like because I just don't you know the Mets are my team and uh and then uh you know like I said my my boys are, are getting a little bit older and, and a few years ago I, I told my wife I'm like I better root for for someone here in Chicago you know I'm a Bears fan I'm like I better pick one of the teams to like and I said I gotta be honest I, I can never be a Cubs fan um so I I became a, I became a Chicago White Sox fan okay that's usually the, the third option. I, a lot of times, it, it, they, people, <laughs> you're right. People want you to pick the Cubs or Cardinals. They forget that there's an American League team up there as well. And that's sometimes <laughs> the, the, the safe out. So, well, Rick, I do appreciate you catching up with us today here on the, the IU Panthers podcast. It was good to hear some of your, your baseball stories and kind of how you've gotten into some of the other things in your life. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs>